10 years, 10 years into to doing this. Some things are just falling in place. I'm telling you, since 2020 started, um, gears shifted in a different way. I remember when we first started the church, we were making like four or five baskets to give to people in need and go drive around and try to give it to them. Now we're serving thousands and thousands of people. And, and it's amazing to see what God is doing. And I'll just tell you this, this is not just who we are. This is not just who we are, just a food distribution place. We don't even have a food source. It just keeps happening. They're like, well, where's your, we don't have one. We just give. The more you give away, the more you're going to receive. Guess what? We gave it all away, and guess what's about to happen Wednesday? We're going to get it back again, and guess what we're going to do again? Give it all away. That's the, that's the principle of the Word of God. So continue. Quit hoarding stuff. Y'all need to clean out your garages and closets because y'all be hoarding some weird stuff. If I just lose 15 more pounds, I can wear those jeans. Just get rid of them. <laughs> but quit hoarding stuff. And I think in the spirit, we hoard too much. we got to give it away. God will continue to pour on us, continue to, to direct us as we go. I've been thinking about this. This year 10 is, is, uh, is an X. And I, I was looking up some stuff that the X actually is a cross. Just so we're clear on that, that it's a cross where two intersections line up and, and cross in the middle. And what's crazy is that the cross has been throughout history one of the most known things in history. No matter what you wear, you see a cross. Because why? Our Savior died on it. And he rose again. He died for the sins of the world. In math, the X stands for something that's unknown. It stands for a variable that you're trying to figure out. And sometimes as, as us, we try to figure out life. We're trying to figure out what's going on with ourselves. And sometimes we represent that X, trying to figure out the unknown where we believe or belong and what we believe in and how to get through this situation or whatever situation we're dealing with, it's that X of the unknown. And in math, it, that's, what it, that's what it means. So basically in algebra, it's, it stands for what you're trying to figure out, the unknown. And how many times, church, do we always try to figure out that unknown? Trying to figure out where we, where we are in, in, this, in this, this race called life. X marks the spot. X is also a location. X is a place where you, usually where there's a treasure hunt, there's an X, and that X finds the treasure. So X is pretty much the exact location of something. X is a, when you're trying to figure it out and know we need to, Follow the map to get to this X. I'll just say on a side note, you're the biggest treasure God's ever had. He loves you with his whole heart. You're, you're it. X is a sign, a marker. I looked this up. I was just looking up random words. It says that X... Is it, like I said, is a sign of the cross, of this crucifixion, of Christ himself. It's also a, a marker, but it's also understood as a crossing over. They say that the X represents a crossover. 
And I don't know if you were here last week, but what I'm trying to tell you right now is God's crossing you and trying to get you to cross over. He's trying to do it again. Yeah, did he do the Red Sea? Yeah, but he's trying to do it again, and guess what he did? He splits up the Jordan River because the people in Jericho didn't know. They heard things, but when they saw it for themselves that right just down the street, God just split the Jordan River trying to cross over. I think sometimes we get frustrated because we're in between this and that, and God's trying to get us to cross over to right there, and your provision is right in front of you. What God has in store is right in front of you. Listen, you're here on purpose. Like I said earlier, this is, you're, whether we're celebrating, however it is, you're here for this purpose to hear this word. That has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. In the Greek alphabet, X is a symbol of the letter C-H-I, which is key, or X. It's the first letter in the Greek word for Christ. X-P-I-E-T-O-E, Christos, which means Christ. X represents Christ. In the early days, I was reading this, this study. It says, in the early days, Christians... The Christian church, Christians use the X as a secret symbol to indicate the church to others. Christ. I'll say this to you. Some of you got, some of you got marked by an X today. Hopefully all of you, and if you didn't, maybe you didn't want to, or somebody just bypassed you on accident. But I'll say this to you today. You're marked by God. I'll say this to you today. It's that symbol that you're marked. But listen, we ain't getting secret about it anymore. We're going public with this. You're marked by God. Christ himself has marked you. You are marked. See, you might have came in today being discouraged. Maybe things of life have caused you to question, did God really call me? Maybe what you've been through is maybe questioned a lot of things. Did God call me? But I'm here to tell you today that you are marked. You are marked. God marked you for a purpose. He marked you for impact. He has marked you for destiny. You're marked today. Look at somebody and say, you're marked. I know it's permanent. I'm sorry. I hope it rubs off in a long time. Just so you know. Now when you go to work and I know you don't want to tomorrow or go to school, somebody might think you went to the club or you did something in some concert. Just know you went somewhere because you was marked. You're marked by God. It's your destiny. You have to realize it because the enemy has come to try to stop you, to try to tell you you're not marked. You're no good. What you have done isn't good enough to be a Christian, isn't good enough to do what God's called you. You have messed up. That's the enemy. But you are marked. No matter what you've gone through, God has still marked you. Amen? He still marked you. There's a process to your destiny. There's a process to your promise when you're marked. See, many times the enemy wants to do some stuff. 
Because the thing is, is where there's that process to your destiny and your promise, we too many times, because we say we're marked, we're already ready to jump. We're ready to do something crazy. And what God tries to do is develop something in the process. I'll talk about it in a little bit. But just know that many times the enemy, what he cannot destroy, he will try to distract. You're marked, and what he keeps trying to do is distract you. These people were, were stopped right there in Gilgal and had to get cut to fix something that they didn't get fixed as a child so they can enter the promised land. They were marked. You are marked. You are here right now. Live your promise now. Don't wait when I get it all together. You're here for a purpose. You're here on purpose today. And maybe you haven't been here for a while. Maybe that was the thought in your head. You know, if I can just get it together, I'll come to church later. You're marked now. You're here now. You're watching now. If you watch online or watch on YouTube and on Facebook, whatever, you're marked by God. He has marked you. That X is on you. You are the location that he is searching for. You are marked by him. You are the treasure he wants. Just know it. But not just know it, live it. You don't have to have it all together. He's got it together. You ain't got to add it up. He did the math on the cross. You are marked. All the enemy wants to do is give distractions. He wants to mess it up. Maybe you were fired up. Maybe when you accepted Christ, you were fired up at the beginning. But then something happened. Then stuff started happening. And you started going through stuff. Then you started questioning if you were marked or not. Then you started getting leery, and then you started getting depressed. Then you started going through the... You are marked. The enemy wants to distract you. Lots of distractions. He tries to distract you in your life with when you face something. There's nothing worse than facing pain. When you can't, I know for us, there were so many times, so many years, her health could not, we, we faced it, we tried to figure it, and you couldn't, and it almost tries to destroy you because you can't get the right answers. You do the runaround. But I'm telling you, the enemy will use anything, even your own health against you. You've got to know, no matter how you feel, you're marked. You're still marked. And God still wants to use you. Lots of distractions. Lots of pointing a finger. When things don't go right, we start pointing fingers. Forgetting we're marked. Now you're distracted. And you're looking for validation. You're still marked. Get yourself focused. God says, if you heard anything today, that you're marked. I could say it all day, but I want to let you know I'm just going to be a vessel that God uses until you personally today, you are marked by God, and he wants to use you. What's the next 10 years hold as a church? When you're marked, you help build it. When you're marked, you make the bigger impact. What have you not been doing at work that you could be making a big, big, big impact at work? You're marked. He says you're marked. You, (laughs) this is the craziest thing. If God says you're marked, he hasn't changed his mind, so why have you? What has happened to you that has changed your mind to think that you're not marked or used? 
that has changed your mind to think that you don't belong here or belong with what God is doing? What has happened in your mind that has turned to think that you're not marked? When you stop believing the lie, then you start believing the truth. And the truth is, no matter what you've been through, you're still marked by God. No matter what you've been through, you're still marked by God. Mike Tyson said it well. I'm not going to slur like him, but I'm just saying. Mike Tyson said it well. Everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face. Until you're punched in the face. All plans are out the window when you get punched in the face. You're talking about one of the deadliest men on earth. Crazy boxer. Likes eating ears. Whatever. I wouldn't go in the ring. I don't care how old he is. <laughs> he says, man, I, how do you do it? You've got to plan until you get hit in the face. <laughs> and I started thinking about that quote because I've heard it a long time ago. Because those hits that knock you out. It's those hits that knock you out. Knock you out of the will of God. Out of the purpose. That hit of life that just, that just disrupts and takes, takes away what you're supposed to do. That rattles your focus. That knocks you out of focus. You start focusing on the hits you're taking instead of being marked by God and what he's called you to do. You're more focused on trying to take the hits. Being hit in the face by life. But what has he called you to do? And I think this, when you're, when you're knocked out of sorts, it's time to get up. Because you're marked. It's time to get up and fight. It's time to declare war. It's time to go. You're marked. You're marked to do it. There's no turning back. God has marked you. There's no turning back. He has marked you for a purpose for this time right now. I want to go ahead and get into this part we talked about last week about how they were marching around Jericho, how they were cut to get ready to fix what was wrong with the past so they can live in their destiny. We want to tell you a quick story of someone marked as the Jericho walls started to fall. I want to give you Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. And it says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim and spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. I want to stop there just for a second because before we even get into this story, if you look at Rahab and her name, she was marked before her name was even mentioned. It says, they came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab. And as I begin to think about being marked, what's crazy is that the story of Rahab talks about how she took the two spies in. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can read it yourself. But the thing about it is, is she took the two spies in and the men of Jericho came to her house and began to ask um, where these men were. And she said, they've already left. They already um, climbed the wall and went down and left and you need to go search for them. In reality, those two men were hid under the flax that she had on top of her roof. And in that moment, something happened with Rahab when she began to speak um, out in faith 
to those men. It was a lie um, to the men. But what happened is she began to allow something in her to rise to change the story. It flipped the script. And see, it is our story in life. And we each have our own story, but it's our story, but it's God's glory. Okay? So it's not about what you get out of the story or where you are. God wants to write your story so that he gets the glory out of it. And the thing about it is, is that Rahab was marked by the name prostitute, but in reality, she was marked by the world. She took the mark of the world on her of what it said she was, who they said she was, and where she was. And what's real crazy is that from the very beginning, before Jesus Christ even came to the earth, she was meant to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She was meant to be one of the great, 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 great grandmothers of Jesus Christ. What? A prostitute? Jesus, your grandma was a prostitute. Your grandma yeah. was wild. Yeah, she was. But what's crazy about that is at that moment when she was in Jericho and she had heard of what God was doing and knew that, see, see, she tells them that the reason that I'm hiding you is because we, the people in Jericho are afraid because they've heard of your God. They've heard of your God. And so I, if you just help me and you save me, then what I'll do is I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to serve God pretty much as what she was saying and do what's right. And at that very moment in time for her in history, she chose her mark. But it wasn't the mark of the world. It wasn't what was left on her because all the men who had came into her house and the business that she had collected. No, it was the mark of God that was on her life. And what's so crazy is some of you may be looking and saying, man, I've got some marks from my past. And you may just have markings from your past. I think we all have marks from our past. But what's so crazy about it is God took the marking of the world, which she was a prostitute, and her womb and the things of her body were used for things that were not meant to be in God. And he turned that around and redeemed her womb, the same thing that she was marked by, to become the grandmother of Jesus Christ. Great, great grandmother. See, what God, what you don't understand is what the world tries to mark you by, God wants to redeem you by. He wants to flip the script for you. If you look in Matthew chapter 1, which I love it because if you think that I'm wrong, like Rahab wasn't no, no great, 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 and you'd have to count it all, grandmother of Jesus Christ. Well, then let me give it to you in Scripture. Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 actually let's go up just a little bit from the top of that it says Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac the father of Jacob and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and Perez the father of Hezron and Hezron the father of Ram and Ram the father of Amminadab and Amminadab the father of Nashon and Nashon the father of Salmon and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, and David was the father of uh, Solomon, by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and it keeps going down, all the way down through till we get to Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. Now, you guys look at that, and yes, is that kind of monotonous with a bunch of names, but I'm telling you what, if you don't read these parts, you don't realize what your marking was for and where you are in the line of Christ. 
You were meant to be. And what's crazy is if it wasn't for Rahab, do you realize it got me shook that I realized that I might not be here today because some woman who was a prostitute didn't take her marking at the right time to choose to be a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ so that he could come to save me of my sins so that I could be a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Do you not understand that you taking your marking depends on others coming to know God because you shared in the line of Christ what you were and who you are, not who you were then, but who you are now? So good. It didn't matter. And yeah, other people still knew Rahab as the prostitute, but that wasn't the point. She changed her marking. See, the enemy tried to defile her, but she chose what her marking meant. She chose who she was. And I love what Pastor Brandon mentioned about as in Algebra the X is the value of the unknown. It's the variable. It's the thing that finishes the equation. Think about it. When you have an algebraic equation, which I'm not great at math, but I'm just telling you right now, when you have an algebraic equation and you look at it and you see X in it, what are you trying to find out? X. You're trying to find out X so you can find the answer. It's the variable. It's the thing that changes the equation. Do you realize Jesus Christ made you for right now on August 29th, 2020-21 as the X variable in the equation of the world to change and give an answer of Jesus Christ and who he is. You are the answer to the equation. You're marked. You're marked. Your value may be unknown to you, but has never been unknown to God. And he's waiting on you to take your mark. Like Rahab, you may be the answer to the problem. See, Jericho wouldn't have fallen the way I believe it did if Rahab wouldn't have done her position to let the men know where they were. And what's crazy is she lets this scarlet rope out her window in faith, believing that they're going to come back to get her. She leaves it out her window believing. And guess what? This took time. This wasn't just like it was like the next day they came back. No, th these men hid in the woods for three days. And then they had to cross back over the Jordan to get back to the, to the camp. Then they told them all about what was going on. And then from there, then Joshua took and had them cross the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant. And then after that, with 40,000 people... 40,000 soldiers, so that's not everybody because not the, the women weren't the soldiers and everything at that time. It was 40,000 soldiers, including their families, had to cross the Jordan. And then after they crossed the Jordan, they had to be circumcised and wait. And then they began walking. Do you realize that is a long period of time sometimes that Rahab's probably like, man, God, I took my mark and I'm ready, but where are you at? Like, I hung this thread to believe they're coming. Yeah. Have you forgotten me? I think the problem is with today's culture, we wait too long. Like, not wait too long, but we're in a hurry not to wait. Because the problem is, is when God's like, listen, I need you to do something. I just need you to wait right here. We get in such a hurry, we try to play God and act like we're going to go ahead and do what we need to do. Because the Bible says that, says that I know the plans I have you, declares the Lord. And the problem is, is we try to know our own plans, declares Brandon, declares all your names. Yep. I mean, you got to think about this. This girl let them out the window. They could do all of that, what she just said, and she's waiting. Yep. And it says, when we cross over, put that rope out that window. So they see the Jordan split. She crosses. She starts putting it out the window. 
Well, they don't just come to Jericho. Like I said last week, there was a huge process, and there was a cutting, and there was a healing, and they're going through this process. And this woman has this hanging out the window and has to go by faith. When you are marked by God, here's what happens. What God does is he approves you in private. You have to have this moment, a private moment, and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. But the problem we have is we don't want to wait on the Lord. We want to take matters in our own hands and start doing stuff. That's why people are like, oh, God, call me, and you just start taking off. Well, I need to get on the platform because God called me to get on the platform. I, get up. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this because God called me. And it's, it, the problem we have is nobody's willing to be proved in private. They're just ready to take off. I was ready to go. And he's like, I'm trying to develop you in private. Because what's happened is if... If Rahab would have went public, we would have had a problem. If she would have went public, we would have had a problem. The thing is, is you're marked. And being marked, sometimes it doesn't make sense. How many times do we blast everything on social media, even when it's in an infant form of vision? Come on. How many times do we just put it all out there on social media when it's in its infant form? We're so quick to throw, throw everything out there. Let everybody read it, and especially this. It, just, it is so dramatic. But see what happens? is We're so quick because we want validated for anything we do. And so we put everything on there. And, and at times, we try to blast it. And, and this messy culture we live in We want to be approved because that's what we do now. We put everything so we can get approved by somebody so somebody can be on my page and say, shout that out, boy, or push that like button, boy, or you know what I'm saying? Holla at your boy. Whatever the case is, we want to prove for what we are saying, what we are trying to push out there for the direction. We want to make our big statements and our our visions and all the stuff and in the infant stage that it's in. We are setting ourselves up for destruction when we do that. Absolutely. We want everybody to know, man, God spoke to me at the conference, or God did this for me, or he gave me that word, and he told me this, and so I need to let you know that. You are setting yourself up for destruction because it's in a small infant stage of what God gave you. He's trying to approve you in private, but you keep going public with stuff you're not ready to go public with. Everybody doesn't need to know. That's right. But we want to feel that because we want everybody to know. Because In the end, it's about me. God has approved you in private. Because I'll just tell you this. It is easier to kill something when it's in its infant stage. Many times people put their dreams and their visions in an infant stage on social media. And guess what happens? You start getting the comments. People start stabbing it and trying to kill your dreams. Start saying what they want to say about it. And start killing it, and you're, you're just like, what the heck is going on? Think about it. They try to do this thing. I mean, it's the same concept as what we're talking about even with Jesus. They were afraid because they heard about this Messiah that was coming, coming to make the difference, coming to change the world. What do they do? 
They kill every Jewish boy under the age of two. Because it's easier to kill a king in kid form. Too many times we place all of our visions and everything in infant stage and social media eats it alive and you wonder why you feel the way you do. You're putting stuff out there that has to be approved in private. But we want to just put it out there on blast. We want to tell so many random people. God is trying to develop something. When you're marked, you've got to learn to just secure yourself with who he is. There's a time to go public, just like David. He's like, y'all, you don't even know. I already killed the lion. I already killed the bear. There's the stuff that I was approved in private. This Goliath ain't nothing. I've taken four-legged things with bigger teeth. I'll take Lurch down now. I guess the question that I get asked most of the time from people is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you're marked and you don't know what to do? You feel stuck. You feel like you just don't know. Where do I go from here? What can I do? I'm, I, I don't even know. I feel numb. Anybody ever felt like that? Where you're just like, I just don't know. Do the last thing God told you to do and spend time in his presence. That's what you do. Don't try to jump and do something else. Do the last thing God told you to do and spend time in his presence. That's the best thing to do. So Rahab could have went a different direction. She could have already just went like, oh my gosh, they forgot about me. I'm going to go do something. Keep doing what they asked you to do. Stay with your family inside this house. Do not move. It's going to be on you if you leave this house because everything dies. But if you're in this house, you will survive. Do what God told you to do, the last thing he told you to do, until anything changes. She could have felt like that. She could have went. She could have been like, I don't know what to do. I've waited so long. I would say this, keep waiting because your promise is coming. It's amazing how Israel was waiting to get into the promised land, and the prostitute was waiting in the promised land. Both trying to get somewhere, she felt so confined, didn't even feel like she ever added up because she was a prostitute. It's good. She was marked by God no matter what her title was. She didn't even have, they didn't even give her the respect to call her by her name first. They said that prostitute Rahab. Oh, the shepherd boy David. Oh, the, you see what I'm saying? People already try to mark you by what you've done wrong in the past. Only want to talk and reminisce your, your, your failures or your stupidity. I only want to call you by what they remember you as. God's marked you. It's going to change culture. It's going to change everything. But it even changed later on down um, in James 22, 24 through 25. It says, so you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. So Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. See, the first verse in Joshua chapter 2 said the prostitute Rahab. Now it says Rahab the prostitute because do you see what happened? Is She put herself back in proper order with Jesus Christ. And so the marking of who she was when she was named from birth and her, her destiny became the forefront, not what she had been. Yes, did it say Rahab the prostitute? And I think what happens is God wants us to remember that for the fact of several um, in the list that he had put in Matthew um, chapter 1, several in this list experienced some major failures in their lives. Judah, Rahab, Manasseh. 
Yet they represent the broad range of people who put their faith in God and became part of his family. They also serve as examples of how God can work in his highest purposes through anyone who totally submits to him no matter how ungodly their background or their failures may be. And I love that because I think God does that to point out that, you know what, I'm going to use whoever I want. I have that right. Because, see, when you have that problem, again, going back to the X being the variable in the equation, well, that means you have a problem. It's a math problem. Well, look in life, we have so many problems. And if you don't give it to the master who knows how to solve the problem and give you your identity through that X variable, then you put the problem in your own hands and are trying to solve the problems of your life where you get no answer. And the thing about it is, is God wants to answer the problems and the questions in your mind, but you have to let him hold it and, and be the one to define you. You have to choose who is going to mark me, the world, myself, or God? Whose mark am I going to take? What's so crazy about it is we are in the most crazy time of the year. I've said it and I'll say it again that we were born for a time as this. Do you realize that God could have literally taken and flipped the script and we could have been born back in the days of Moses and Aaron and all them people? But no, he chose that we were born at this time to be the ones to raise the mark. And guess what? What's crazy to me is all y'all are so worried about taking the mark of the beast that you you haven't even chosen who you're marked by. Who's marking you? Who marks you? What do you carry? If you carry the mark of Jesus Christ, then why are you worrying about what you already know is defeated? Come on, that's so good. The enemy has been defeated. It's already written. It is written. Period. In the word of God, you cannot change this no matter how much you want to. It's written. He's defeated. I don't care about the Delta variant. I don't care about what variant is. Guess what? I'm the variant and I'm the variable that's going to change the equation in the world. You're the variant and you're the variable that's going to change the equation. Who will you be marked by today? Who marks you? I am not afraid. I will tell you this, I am not afraid. I'm not afraid of what's to come because guess what? My answers are right here and it lies right in front of me. Why do I have to fear what I already know God has dealt with? So instead of living my life in fear, just like Rahab, she could have lived in fear when those guys knocked on her door asking where the spies were that were hiding to deliver the people of Israel into the promised land. She could have been in fear and trembled at that moment, but in the time that she was literally not only a prostitute, but she was a Canaanite, which were hated by the Israelites. She had mark upon mark upon mark against her, and at that moment, she chose to take the mark of Jesus Christ and stand and say, I'm going to make a difference and be the variable in the equation that changes everything. You're marked. You have the ability. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 through 29, I'm telling you, I was a wreck with this all week because it just reminded me that God has marked me even in the midst of my failures and the things that I've gone through. Let me read this before you read that because that's going to be good. This is different than the end one. Is it? Yes. Okay. So, then, yes. It says, for simply consider your own call, brethren. Not many of you were considered to be wise according to human estimates and standards. Not many influential and powerful. Not many of high and noble birth. 
No. For God selected, deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put to wise to shame and what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also selected, he deliberately chose what in the world is lowborn and insignificant and branded, come on, and branded and treated with contempt even the things that are nothing that he might do depose and bring to nothing the things that are so that no mortal man should have pretense for glory for glorying and boast in the presence of God he deliberately chose you you were chosen to be marked today listen she was marked and she became the answer to their problem they needed a place to hide she became the answer I will hide you and they found out that there was some spies. They had to swim across the Jordan. They had to go through all the process and, and were hiding. And she became the solution to the problem. I think when you're marked, God is going to cause you to be the answer to somebody's problem. We get so selfish, but it's time to start doing the right thing. Let God use you to serve somebody to be the answer to their problem. As he molds and shapes your heart, let, let him use you to serve somebody. Not you getting the glory, God getting the glory. So you're the answer to their problem. You don't need anybody's approval. You are marked by God. You got to get that in your spirit from young to old. God still wants to, I don't know because I'm, I'm older. God still will use you in your upper age just like he'll use you in your younger age. Well, I don't know if I have it together. I'll just, just let Rahab give you hope today that he'll use a prostitute to change the world. A prostitute. What we call AKA a hoe. He'll use whatever he can to change the world. Whoever he wants. Well, they shouldn't because they're, look at her. She's all over the place. She was just in 6th Avenue dancing last night, pole dancing. God will use whoever he will use to change the world. But for some reason, we got this wrapped up in our mind that they got to be a certain way and look a certain way and dress a certain way for God to even get to them. Remember where you've come from. Remember the moment you accepted Christ as Savior. You didn't have it together. And Lord knows, I still ain't got it together. I'm still in the process. I'm still in the process. I'm telling you this. You just might be the answer to somebody's promise. Just like she was to them. It was her that helped them get into the promised land. They had to spy it out and see what was really going on. You want to be elevated, going from glory to glory? Like, how do I get to that place? I'll tell you, it's real simple. Be the answer to somebody's problem and watch what God does. Be the answer to somebody else's problem and watch what God does. I mean, we, we saw it in a prime example with David. Everybody knows the story of David and Saul. I mean, David was anointed and he kept doing his thing. And then they heard about a kid that could play, and Saul was tormented by some spirits, and he couldn't get past it. His mind was just couldn't focus. And they had David go in and play the harp because he kept working his gift, and he had to go in and play. And guess what he did? 
He tormented what was tormenting the king. You want to do something great? Find a leader, find a boss, find somebody and torment what torments them and see what God does for you. Find somebody. Kids, I'm going to set you free real quick. Find what torments your parents and fix it. Like doing dishes, washing yourself, you know, like. <laughs> you know, we got like two parents. Everybody else is like, I like living sloppy. I don't care what they do. No. Bathe. <laughs> but the, the reality is, find what torments and torment it for him. And watch what God does. Watch what God does for you. Your obedience is wrapped around, your opportunity is wrapped around your obedience. It's good. It's right. This opportunity that was here at her, at her, in her life, in her house, was wrapped around her obedience to make the choice because in the end think about this these walls are about to fall she's got a a thread a rope hanging out waiting she's an eyesore it ain't like you can't see it but at this moment as they came in and were going out they shut the city down so nobody else was allowed to go out so who knows if who got to see that rope or not but it was a sign, just like hanging a flag out, like, hello, I'm here. I mean, that, that's an eyesore. But that goes to show God protects those who are marked by him. Yeah. He does. He protects those who are marked by him. That doesn't Absolutely. mean you don't go through trouble or things that are hard or you have bad circumstances come hit you. But God will give you the protection you need when you're to marked, face the storm. That's what happens. You're marked and you realize it and you walk in it. There is so many blessings to it. Rahab was marked. In her home. That's right. The walls of Jericho are about to fall, guys. Okay? They walk one time. Go sit down. All the way to six times. Go sit down. The seventh time, they walk. And they walk seven times on the seventh day. And we know the story. What's it say? The walls fall. Right? Except one. Because if you read the story, it said that Rahab's house was in the wall. Her whole home was inside the wall. And she left out a red scarlet thread. Now before Israel came out of Egypt, there was just blood that was put over doorposts to protect them from any kind of death. And see, what God does is when he marks you, it doesn't matter if he's marking you with blood or throwing a red scarlet letter, or a, letter, <laughs> a rope out, he's marked you. And everything that could shake and fall down except what he's marked you with. It's good. Everything fell except her part. It said that her house, the reason they got out is because they got out of her window and went down the wall. Because, read the scripture, her, wall, her house was in the wall, her window was in the wall. I want you to realize that when you're marked, God protects you. He puts that just like he did with that blood that, that covers you, just like he did on the cross when he covered you with his blood. You're, you're marked, guys. That's right. You're marked. I don't know if that's good news for you, but it's good news for me. That's right. That you're marked, that no matter what you do and you're shouting and all that, and you're wondering, are the walls going to fall down on me? No, because the Lord has marked you and protected you. Come on. You are marked. It said that the walls fell and everything happened. And they said, get the two spies. Grab that family. She's in her house. The walls crumble except the portion of where she lived. 
Because if not, she would have died in the walls. She was marked. I want you to stand with me this morning because I want to finish with a reading of some scripture that is powerful and wants to empower you before you leave to realize how marked you are. And what's crazy is just like Pastor Brandon said, this is, this is a moment of privateness of knowing that you are approved by God. See, you don't need anybody. What's crazy is Rahab didn't have anybody to have to touch her and say, do you want to take salvation today? No, she just chose who this day she served. She chose who was going to mark her. So I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 11. And, and Christy, you don't even have to put it up because I just want everybody to focus. I just want you to focus. And, and if you've got to close your eyes to really think about what God is doing. Go ahead, close your eyes. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith we see the world called into existence by God's word and what we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference that God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch notice. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country, promised him, lived as a stranger, camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same thing, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. By faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant, an old woman as it was at the time, because she believed the one who made a promise would do what he said. That's how it happened from one man's dead and shriveled loins. There are now people numbering in the millions. Each one of these people of faith died, not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? They saw it way off in the distance, waved their green, and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back anytime they wanted. But they were after a far better country than that, heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. By faith, Abraham, at the time of testing, offered Isaac back to God. Acting in faith, he was so ready to return the promised son, his only son, as he had been to receive him. And this, after he had already been told, your descendants shall come from Isaac. 
Abraham figured that if God wanted to, he could raise the dead. In a sense, that's what happened when he received Isaac back alive from off the altar. By an act of faith, Isaac reached into the future and he blessed Jacob and Esau. By an act of faith, Jacob on his deathbed blessed each of Joseph's sons in turn, blessing them with God's blessing, not his own, as he bowed worshipfully upon his staff. By an act of faith while Joseph was dying, while dying prophesied the exodus of Israel and made arrangements for his own burial. By an act of faith, Moses' parents hid him away for three months after his birth. They saw the child's beauty and they braved the king's decree. By an act of faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than the opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than the Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. By an act of faith, he turned his heel on Egypt, indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no eye can see and kept right on going. By an act of faith, he kept the Passover feast and sprinkled Passover blood on each house so that the destroyer of the firstborn wouldn't touch them. By an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians tried it and drowned. By the faith, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for seven days and the walls fell flat. By an act of faith, Rahab, the Jericho harlot, welcomed the spies and escaped the destruction that came on those who refused to trust God. I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. There are many more. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, the prophets. Through acts of faith, they toppled kingdoms, made justice work, took the promise for themselves. They were protected from lions, fires, and sword. Thrust, turned disadvantage to advantage, won battles, rooted alien armies. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. There were those who under torture refused to give in and go free, preferring something better, resurrection. Others of the world and this is key not one of these people even through their lives of faith were exemplar of, of faith were exemplary got their hands on what was promised God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole for their lives of faith not complete apart from ours you this moment you were meant for this moment so that people could remember who you are and whose you are and know who Christ destined you to be they didn't receive what was promised unto them but God designed you to be marked to mix so that you could be a crossing with them so that you could cross over into the destiny that God prepared for you so that at the end of all room right now that do not know that you are marked by God and you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. I want you to raise your hands all over this room. If you know 
you need to ask Jesus Christ into your heart that you want to choose to be marked. And if there are those of you that know that you were marked before, but do you know that you've turned and you've allowed the world to mark you by your past and by your failures, but you want to say, God, I choose to be marked today by you. I'm going to stand like Rahab did. Raise your hands all across this room. I'll just put it this way. If you can't raise your hands in church to know to be marked by God, how are you going to raise your hands in the world? See, you aren't marked just for church. You aren't marked just for a church service just to come into this building. You are marked to be the church, to make a difference to the world. Are the church when you take on that marking just like it was the x represents christ you represent christ today who are you going to be marked by again i will ask one last time who in this room knows that they need to either receive jesus christ as their personal savior or ask again so that he can remark you for who you are raise your hands all over this room all right something different I want you to just step out for a minute those of you who raised your hands don't be afraid step out and come up to the front for a second because we want to pray with you together it's all right you ain't got to be afraid we're here with you guess what I'm gonna say the same prayer with you and look there's other people coming up at the same time who are not afraid to say that they are marked by God it's all right it's okay you can grab somebody go with you it's no big deal that's the point we're in it together we're in it together do you hear me? We're in this together. That's the point. See, because guess what? That X on my hand, does it look any different on your hand? So guess what? I don't need to be known by my name or your name or your name or your name or your name. I just need to be known by Jesus Christ. That's it. So it really doesn't matter that you're standing up here separate. It matters that you're standing up here together because you're joining the team of Jesus Christ. That's what matters today. You're taking your mark. And you know what's happening right at this minute? You have the angels and God worshiping. The angels are worshiping God. And God is excited and pleased that you came at this moment to say, I'm going to be a part of you, Jesus. I'm leaving behind what the world says who I am. I'm leaving it behind. I'm not taking it anymore. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. And we're going to pray together. And I want you to repeat after me. And those of you who are standing in your seats, why don't you raise your hands out to them and, and encourage them in your prayers towards them to believe that God will encourage and strengthen them today. Amen? Because guess what? You were once marked and stood here and you needed somebody behind you backing you. Hallelujah. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. That you don't look at the marks. That you don't look at the marks. Of my past. Of my past. But you look at. But you look at. How you marked me. How you marked me. From the beginning. From the beginning. So Jesus, today. So Jesus, today. I ask. I ask. That you forgive me. That you forgive me. Of all my sins. Of all my sins. And help me. Forgive myself, forgive myself of my sins. Of my sins. That I would learn. That I would learn. That I'm marked by you. That I'm marked by you. Not my failures. Not my failures. Not my pains. Not my pains. Not my past. Not my past. And not the words. Not the 
words of others, of others that I am marked, I am marked by, Jesus Christ. by Jesus Christ. I ask, I ask that, you be king that you be king of my heart. Of my heart. And, I and I choose today, today to, bear to bear the mark, the mark of, Jesus Christ. of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on, shout it out, church. Hallelujah.